It's Wednesday, April 10th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're going to talk about oil and gas pipelines and new executive orders that are meant to boost business. We'll connect the dots on why they're causing some controversy among environmental groups and advocates for states' rights. Then, we want to talk taxes again. The House voted this week to ban a free government tax service. We'll explain the details. And also, we got pretty sucked into the news today about a black hole. We're here to make your Wednesday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Dunkin'. They have a new line of signature lattes, Blueberry Crisp, Caramel Craze, and Coca Mocha. Sound too good to be true? Sipping is believing. And so is listening. Let's do this. The most complicated story today is about oil in the U.S. and how it gets around. Today, President Trump traveled to southern Texas, the heart of the oil and gas industry, to sign two executive orders. He says they'll make it easier for oil companies to transport oil around the country and to boost business. We still haven't seen the actual text of these executive orders, but there's been a lot of reporting today on what's in them, and it's already causing drama. We're going to get into it. What these executive orders are supposed to do, what impact they could have right now, and why people are up in arms about it. Okay, so what are the executive orders supposed to do? U.S. oil and gas companies are producing more than at any point in history, but they're having a hard time getting their products to consumers. They say they need more pipelines. The same is true for Canadian oil. Trump administration officials have spent the last couple of days briefing reporters on what's in these two orders. They say they're meant to speed up the process for getting pipelines approved by the federal government instead of at the state level. So how do they want to do that, and why is it controversial? One thing the orders do is tell the Environmental Protection Agency to review the Clean Water Act. That's been around since the 70s, and it's pretty self-explanatory. It's a law that makes sure water is clean. It was passed back in the day when many waterways in the U.S. were polluted with chemicals, wastewater, and oil. An oil slick in the Cuyahoga River in Cleveland literally caught fire. And a photo of it got people's attention. And that inspired the Clean Water Act. Part of the law gives states the right to do whatever they need to do within reason to protect their waterways. And for the most part, it had bipartisan support in the past. So what does this have to do with transporting oil and gas? States from New York to Washington have used the Clean Water Act to stop oil and gas pipelines and other related projects. Things they say could cause damage to the environment and water supplies, like if there's a spill. And oil industry execs have been complaining to Trump about it. So today's first executive order wants to stop states from doing that. The second executive order today reiterates that it's the president who gives the final sign-off on international pipeline projects. This is tied back to a big battle over the Keystone XL pipeline, which President Trump wants to get built. Keystone XL has been a controversy for years. It's supposed to bring Canadian oil from Alberta, Canada, through Montana, South Dakota, and Nebraska. A few years ago, there were a bunch of protests. Environmental groups and landowners were saying the pipeline could contaminate land and water if there was an oil spill, especially in a wildlife area in Nebraska called the Sand Hills. There were a bunch of lawsuits. In 2015, the Obama administration hit pause on it altogether. 
But last month, Trump restarted the Keystone XL project and signed a permit to begin construction. And the lawsuits are coming back. This week, environmental groups in Montana sued the president, saying that he doesn't have the power to issue that permit. So that all sounds really technical, but there's already been some reaction to these executive orders. The oil industry has been up in arms about states using the Clean Water Act to veto pipeline plans. So they're with Trump on this. But that order is getting pushed back. Environmental groups are pointing to a 2017 oil spill in South Dakota from the current Keystone pipeline that runs through there. The Natural Resources Defense Council called it a disastrous idea, especially because it infringes on states' rights. And a number of state Republicans have come out against the president on this one. In January, the governors of 22 Western states, half of whom are Republicans, warned Trump not to do anything that would stop them from being able to protect the water in their states. So what impact could these executive orders actually have? For now, they won't do much. For things like the Clean Water Act, only Congress can actually approve changes that would limit states' rights. But experts say today's executive order puts states on notice that they might have to work a little harder to prove that they'll face negative environmental impacts to keep these projects from going through. So what's the skim? On a global level, right now the U.S. is sanctioning major oil-producing countries like Iran and Venezuela. And the group of oil-producing countries in the Middle East, known as OPEC, has cut back on production to boost prices. So oil prices have been going up. And in the U.S., with these executive orders, Trump is trying to show his support for the home team. He also reportedly wants to allow companies to drill for oil in the Gulf of Mexico, off the coast of Florida. This is something both Democrats and Republicans in Florida are very much against. The oil industry is trying to speed up the process on making pipelines. Meanwhile, the next thing in our pipeline is tax day. We've got the news on that next. There's nothing worse than the afternoon slump, except an afternoon slump without the pick-me-up. Insert Dunkin's new handcrafted signature lattes. They come in flavors like Blueberry Crisp, Caramel Craze, and Coca Mocha. Warning, they may make you take more coffee breaks than your calendar would like. Sipping is believing with Dunkin's new handcrafted signature lattes. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary, limited time offer. It's almost April 15th, so taxes are on a lot of people's minds. And it's been a topic of conversation in Congress. Yesterday, the House passed a bipartisan bill that would ban the IRS from ever offering a free tax filing service. Right now, millions of Americans pay to use programs like TurboTax and H&R Block to file their taxes. And even with using these programs, it takes the average taxpayer about 13 hours to file their return. So the House deciding bipartisanly to ban the IRS from making it easier and cheaper to file taxes might seem confusing. There were other measures in the bill, like budgeting millions of dollars toward programs for low-income taxpayers and protection from private debt collectors. But it may also come down to cash. Combined, the companies behind commercial tax filing programs spent more than $6.5 million on lobbying last year. Right now, these companies have a deal with the government where they offer free tax filing to anyone making under $66,000. That's about 70% of Americans. But most people don't know that's a thing. So right now, only 3% of Americans actually end up filing their taxes for free. Here's a thing you might not know. 
The IRS already has all the information it needs to be able to automatically fill out tax forms for almost all U.S. taxpayers. All you would have to do is look it over and sign your name. And this is actually an option in a lot of other countries. Belgium, Spain, Denmark, and Chile all have online systems that automatically fill out most of their tax forms. So why is this a big deal? Critics say that aside from making filing cheaper, an online IRS system would help people understand which tax credits they're eligible for and get those deductions, especially the Earned Income and Child tax credits, which help low-income earners and families. One in five taxpayers who are eligible for those credits don't get them because the tax forms are complicated and it's easy to make mistakes, even for commercial tax preparers. And trying to claim it could be having the opposite effect. A report by ProPublica says that the IRS has been auditing people who claim the earned income tax credit at higher levels than almost any other tax bracket. According to the report, only the very richest taxpayers are audited more. We've got a whole bunch of content to help you win at taxes. You can find that on our website, theskim.com slash skimmoneytaxes. A basketball legend is saying goodbye. Miami Heat guard Dwayne Wade, D. Wade, is retiring after 16 seasons with the NBA. Last night, he got a send-off at home in Miami, including shout-outs from some people you might recognize. For 16 years, you've given us high-wire dunks, big shots and big moments, more blocks than any guard in history. Not everyone gets a video from a former president when they retire, so yeah, Wade is kinda legendary. He won three NBA championships and is a 13-time all-star player. He's got an Olympic gold. Basketball superstars Shaquille O'Neal and LeBron James also showed some love in a Heat tribute video last night. But you soon became the Magic City savior, the one who brought us from the brink to capture the team's first championship. Pressure like that couldn't have hindered you, but instead, it hardened you. But the most poignant message came from his mom in a Budweiser tribute to Wade that showed how he's helped her and people in the community. I am more proud of the man you have become than the basketball player. You are bigger than basketball. Tonight, when the Miami Heat go up against the Brooklyn Nets, D-Wade will be on the court for the last time. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from outer space. We have seen what we thought was unseeable. We have seen and taken a picture of a black hole. This is huge. Literally, the black hole shared with the world today is 6.5 billion times the mass of the sun. Black holes are something you probably heard about in science class. They're basically points in space with a gravitational field that's so strong, they even suck in light. Albert Einstein first predicted them in the early 1900s, but this is the first time we have visual evidence that they actually exist. Getting that pick was a global effort. It took a network of telescopes around the world in places like Hawaii, Chile, Mexico, and Spain. People are comparing it to the Eye of Sauron, you know, from Lord of the Rings, like a donut on fire. And actually, it looked like scientists predicted it would look. Scary. So it's probably a good thing that there are 55 million light years between this black hole and the Earth. And that's all for Skim This. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe to keep us in your podcast feed. And while you're at it, rate and review us and let us know how we're doing. If you're looking for more Skim in your life, sign up for our morning newsletter, The Daily Skim, at our website, theskim.com. 
It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 